You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. DolphinsTalk.com Daily, the most listened to daily Miami Dolphins podcast on the internet. Come on, Dolphins fans. Time to fins up. Good evening, Miami Dolphins fans. How are you today? And thank you for listening to the post-game wrap-up show here at DolphinsTalk.com, brought to you by BetUS. I am Mike, joined as always by Tom Ernesty. Tom, how are you doing today? Oh, grumpy Tom is in full effect, Mike. Yeah, I think we're all a little grumpy. Uh, before we get started, I want to give a big shout-out to everyone listening um, and watching over at FinHeaven.com. Everyone go to FinHeaven.com, the largest Miami Dolphins, a message board on the internet. Also, a big shout-out to our friends at the I Am a Miami Dolphins Fan Facebook group. Be sure to join that Facebook group for all the best Miami Dolphins content on Facebook. And as always, if you're watching on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel, thank you, and please subscribe to the channel, smash that like button, and also hit the alert bell so anytime a new show goes live, you are notified on your smart device. So the big story of the day is the Miami Dolphins lost to the Tennessee Titans 34-3. They entered the day controlling their own destiny, went out during the playoffs at 6.44 p.m. The Miami Dolphins are now eliminated from the playoffs. Next week's game versus the Patriots does not matter. With the loss to the Titans and the Chargers win, Miami is now out of the playoffs. And I'm going to start with this. And here's just a broad disclaimer. Because I know a lot of fans, we've won seven in a row, and it's been happy, happy, joy, joy. But this show won't be a happy, happy, joy, joy show when you lose 34 to 3. So if you're looking, we aren't a Homer podcast, okay? We're not going to lie to you. As I always like to say, the famous line from Judge Judy, we're not going to pee on your leg and tell you it's raining. I ain't going to lie to you, okay? Things were not good today in this game. So if you're looking for a bunch of positivity, just stop listening now because you're not going to hear it on this show. I'm telling you up front. They lost 34-3 to Tennessee Titans, and they were bad in all aspects of the game. It wasn't just the quarterback, although that's going to be a big topic, of course. So I'm just giving you the warning up front. If you're looking for a bunch of, yeah, but, oh, but they won seven in a row. No, no, look, they were horrible today in the biggest game of the year. They did not show up, okay, and – um, if you want to know a Homer podcast to listen to, message me and I will point you in that direction. It ain't us. Okay. We're, we shoot straight from the hip and we're going to give you the truth. So, and I, I also said this as well on social media, and I want to say this up front too. As fans of the Dolphins, we all support the players on the team. We all support the quarterback to a tongue of Iloa. But if we can't be honest enough to say he had a bad game when he has a bad game, if you can't accept that as a fan, that's on you. That's a you problem. Because guess what, folks? He had a bad game today. That doesn't yeah. – people can read that any way they want. But he was bad against the Tennessee Titans on January 2nd, 2022. And you have – as fans, you have to be able to say that. If you are such uh, to a homer, you can't – you know, it's always, yeah, but offensive line stage. You want to blame everyone else. I can't help you. And this probably isn't the show for you as well. So, Tom, I'll let you – Start off with some thoughts because uh, I got a lot to say, but I- I'll let you start off with your thoughts on this game. Um, the Miami Dolphins being eliminated from the playoffs and such. All right. So we'll, we'll start at the top. Yes. This was not a good game at all from Tua Tonga Vailoa. Uh, it was not a good game for Brian Flores. It was not a good game for Josh Boyer. It wasn't a good game for really anybody on this damn team. And when it mattered the most, you you came in seven consecutive wins, seven consecutive wins. You go into 
to face a team that has been struggling offensively without their top player. And they finally, you know, they, they have that moment. This is the moment that the team has been waiting for. Let's shut the naysayers up. Let's go and punch the Titans in the mouth. And they fell flat on their face. So this is two consecutive years that the Miami Dolphins have a chance to make their playoff stake. They had it last year against the Bills and got annihilated. They had it today against the Titans, and they got annihilated. That goes to the coaching staff, and that goes to the players. It was an awful showing on all fronts. There is not one positive thing you can take away from this game. The last thing uh, that this team needed was this loss because then you have to start relying on all the other things that have to go right for you to get to the playoffs. And that's didn't happen. The Raiders won and the chargers are obliterating the Denver Broncos. And that's it. The season isn't over because they got one more game left, but the season is over. The playoffs is out of reach. They're not getting there. They've got one game left and it's a big one because it is the new England Patriots. And we all hate the new England Patriots. So we would love to see them finish nine and eight. If you want to put the smallest of cherries on top of this season, one and seven to nine and eight. Okay. You know, that's fine, but there's bigger fish to fry. No pun intended. And we're going to get into all that talk here in a few weeks. And I, I don't really want to get into the, the Tua talk about the other uh, the other things outside of this franchise right now. He's got one game left. And that will sew up this season and, and see where this team is going to go uh, down the road. But this was an awful showing. And um, there's really not much else you could say other than that. Oh, I got a lot to say. I'm going to get it off my chest right now because um, in the seven-game win streak, yes, they won a lot of these games against bad teams. And we've said it on this show after a lot of these podcast on a lot of these post-game wrap-up shows, we said they won the game, but if they were playing any other team today in the yeah. league, they probably would have lost. They beat Houston 17 to 9. They're I don't want to say they were lucky to win that game, but they didn't <clears> play good in that game. The first game against the Jets. It was tied going into the fourth. The Jets are brutal. They're awful. Joe Flacco was a third-string quarterback who had been on a team for a couple weeks. Had uh, he had a day where he threw for almost 300 yards and was outstanding. We were luck, not lucky to win, but if we were playing any other team that day, not the Jets, probably would have lost. The game um, against the Giants was 10-6 to heading into the fourth quarter. It wasn't an inspiring effort, but you know when you're facing Mike Glennon, you're going to win. But if you're facing any other team that day, you might not. Um, the second game against the Jets, Tua Tungabailoa was not good. The pick six at the end almost cost them that one and almost ended the streak, let the Jets tie it up late. The Saints yeah. game, we had one drive over 40 yards on offense against the Saints, and the Saints had 22 players out. And some of those guys were on defense as well. They, this win streak, look, you're supposed to beat up on the bad teams you play, and I give them credit for that because not every team does. We saw it last week with the Chargers who lost to Houston. Teams slip up at times. It happens in this league. You're going to slip up. Miami slipped up, you know, earlier this year against teams like Atlanta and Jacksonville, who on paper they have more talent than. But in the seven-game win streak, they didn't slip up. I give them credit for that. But we also have to admit the obvious. They weren't – outside the Panthers game, they didn't really impress in a lot of these wins. They won, but they didn't look impressive. And I said it, and I wasn't the only one to say it many times, this ain't going to work when you start playing a real team. This ain't going to work when you play a real quarterback, not the Mike Glennons, Cam Newton, Zach Wilson's, Joe Flacco's of the world. When you play a real quarterback, this ain't going to fly. And today, reality hit him in the face. You played a real team with a real quarterback, and it didn't fly. And it was embarrassingly bad for everyone involved. And the big part of this is, is the offense is just unbearably bad. You can give the other side of the ball, a little bit of slack in that, you know, they can only hold out for so long. At some point, they're going to break up. When the offense is going three and out, three and out, interception, fumble, sack, fumble. fumble. I mean, at some point, the defense is just, it's going to break down. And the offense does nothing. It did nothing against yeah. the Saints on Monday. And it did even less today against the Titans. And a big part of this 
is your quarterback. And I know, like I said, a lot of the diehard fans of Tua want to point at everything else. Offensive <clears throat> line's terrible. At some point, your quarterback, look, quarterbacks matter more. Okay, they yeah. just do. And no quarterback's in a perfect situation all the time. No quarterback has five stud offensive linemen all the time. And at a certain point, you need your quarterback, like I always say, a couple times a year to put the team on his back and carry them to a win. He never does it. That's the sad part. Again, Arizona last year, he did it once. In in two years, he's done it once. That's not enough. It's just not enough. And at the end of the day, you need your quarterback to make more plays. And I, and it, all the excuses, well, it was raining. It was raining for Tennessee, too. The ball was wet. So what? It was wet for Tennessee, too. You know, I can't take the excuses anymore. And this is why. This is why the head coach and general manager spent eight, nine months looking at another quarterback who has a rap sheet as long as the San Diego telephone book. It's not because they want to trade for someone with off the field issues is that they don't believe in the guy they got. Okay. And beating up on the lowly jets twice and beating up on the giants and beating up on the Panthers and beating up on the saints when their whole team's out. That doesn't instill confidence. And now you're the dolphins out of the playoffs. And you have a general manager and head coach who are going to go into year four. And they have yet to make the playoffs. Their seat's hot now. I don't care what happens next week. Finish eight, nine, nine, and eight. Don't mean squat. Don't mean squat next week's game. It don't mean squat. They're going into year four with their jobs on the line. Because in this league, you either are winners or you're losers. And if you're out of the playoffs, you're a perennial loser. You got to at least be in the in the party, in the big dance yeah. to have a chance. And they are never in the playoffs. And I, I'm just going to say this. If you think Chris Greer and Brian Flores, this has nothing to do with Watson, nothing. If you think they're going to go into year four with their jobs on the line, with him at quarterback after what they saw today, you need your head examined. Now, maybe it's Watson. Maybe it's someone else. That's a different story for a different day. I don't know who it's going to be, but I would bet my life you could save this podcast. We save them all. It ain't going to be him. Because those two guys aren't going to risk their job with him at quarterback with the performance we saw today. And the people complain about the weather. You play in the AFC East. You're going to play big games on the road late in the year in the Jets, Patriots, and Bills. You're going to play big possible playoff games on the road in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, where the weather's not always going to be great, folks. So if if the rain and the cold's a huge issue, we got bigger problems outside of just his normal play. But – you need to have a quarterback that can make a few plays. I'm not even mad that they lost. Winning at the Titans, who right now are the one seed in the AFC, there's no shame in that. Losing the way they did is where the shame comes from. If they would have lost the game 27-24, 27-21, 31-30, okay, they put up a good fight against a great team on the road, came up short. You can live with that. It wasn't even competitive. The offense couldn't even move the ball. And I'll tell you something else, too, and then we'll get into the game. I have seen enough of in my lifetime of three players who I never want to see again. Honestly, after next week, these three guys I don't want to see in the team next year. They are Parker, Austin Jackson, I don't care where he was drafted, and Jesse Davis. If those three guys, any of them, are on the roster come 2022, we got the wrong people running the show. Because those three guys today were as bad. I mean, they've been bad all year. Well, Parker's never here, so I mean, I, <laughs> he just never plays. When he does play, just whatever. Um, I, I'm tired of all three of them. And I think a lot of fans yep. of Dolphins have exhaustion of Austin Jackson, Jesse Davis, and Devontae Parker. Those three, you've overstayed your welcome. It's time to go. But overall, 34-3, I mean, I don't know what we're going to talk about in this game. The Miami Dolphins put up no fight. The offense was as bad as it's been all year. And the Titans shut down Waddle and – Miami could do nothing. They had no counter to anything. No. Uh, you know, I, I will I will say this also just before we get to the game. Many of you that watch, listen to this show, you know that I am a big, big guy uh, that roots for Tua. And I, I like him as a starting quarterback. I think there's a lot of things with this team that haven't helped him, but he also has not helped himself. Okay. And that's coming from a, to a truther. 
hands down, Mike will attest to this. I am a two a truther. There is enough flashes from him to say he could be the guy. But the problem is the word is could. Could, not is. And that's where my struggle right now, as a fan of the team, that is my struggle. Could or would is not the words. Is is the right word when it comes to a franchise quarterback. Is sitting today two of the guy, I I don't know. I don't know don't at this point, but he hasn't proven wait. he hasn't proven enough at this stage of his young career that he is the guy. Yeah. And that's and that's, and that's frustrating. And that's frustrating for me to say because like I like we've talked about many times, there are you see flashes of, of brilliance from him, but then you also have these moments every single week. There's no true consistency with him. He's too inconsistent. He is what Ryan Tannehill was his first two seasons in Miami. If we want to be blunt about it, that's what it is. Um, regarding the offensive line, yes, Jesse Davis can go pound salt. I understand why they continue to play this guy because there's nobody else. I understand that part. Um, Austin Jackson, I don't know if he got hurt or if he was pulled, but I saw Solomon Kinley in that left guard today. So yeah, maybe they're giving one, Kinley a look. It was just for one series. So well, even they if he need was give, benched, they, it wasn't long. So whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, you know, outside of you know, outside of Jalen Waddle, Mike Isiki, uh, I, I think that they're gonna have to put the franchise tag on him. Those two guys need to stay. Um, they need they need a strong running game. They need a they need a an elite running back in this franchise. I like Duke Johnson a lot, uh, but he's not a he's not an elite running back. But he runs with purpose, and that's what this team has lacked until he's shown up. That's what they've lacked. There's a lot of things that this team needs to fix. Is Chris Greer the guy that can do that? Is Brian Flores the guy that can coach these guys? I like Flores. He won me back over with the way that this team did not give up this season. I don't care about who they played on the seven-game winning streak. They still won seven games. Winning seven straight games in the NFL is very difficult to do. But the decisions from the top, the decisions from the top, have to be better. And I don't think at any point during the uh, Houston quarterback um, uh, sweepstakes before the trade deadline did this team zero favors, zero. I understand that they may want to move on from the guy that they have and go after um, the bigger piece. I I just, I don't know. Oh, they're moving on from him after today. They are. I'd be if they don't move on from him, then they're just asking to be fired. Because this seven-game win streak, all it did, it did one thing: it saved the job of the head coach and it saved the job of the general manager. It did not save the job of the quarterback. The quarterback, he was on shaky ice heading into this year. They, They they were trying to move on with him, like I said, for a guy with a rap sheet that was so long. They were willing to overlook all that stuff just to move on from him. That's how bad they wanted him to move on from him. They couldn't for legal issues, which we know about. Now they're going to have an entire offseason with not just him still out there, which FYI, if you haven't been paying attention, 18 of those 22 cases are pretty much, I don't want to say almost all cleared up, but they're pretty close to being cleared up. That it It's still a huge issue, and he's still going to face a yeah. suspension. But that story is looking not like it did a month or two ago. But there's going to be other options. You're going to have, you know, possibly Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, guys who you probably like, I don't want them. But the guy they got, are they a slight upgrade over the guy they currently have? They might be. Those some, some of you know, Jimmy G went to a Super Bowl and was this close to winning it. Okay. And if you're the head coach of Dolphins, if we got this great team on defense, we could tweak the offensive line, just give me a quarterback who can make a couple plays. Those guys. It's not what the fans want and think. That's what fans get this in their head. Well, I don't want that. Well, nobody cares what you want. It's what they want, and it's what they think. And we saw their thought process for eight or nine months this year, how they were desperate to move on from this guy. And I think in that win streak, fans fooled themselves saying, well, he keeps winning. We have to keep him. No, (laughs) he kept winning, but now the team's out of the playoffs. It doesn't 
matter at the end of the day. And now their jobs are on the line next year because in this league, yeah. you don't keep your jobs not making the playoffs every year, folks. You got to make the playoffs eventually. And now their jobs are on the line. Next week's game, who cares? Win or lose, doesn't matter anymore. Their job's on the line next year. And now they have to decide, are they going to put their fate in Tuatunga Vailoa to keep them employed in Miami for three, four, five more years? Not just <laughs> – I find that very hard to believe after what we saw them do for the past eight or nine months. Maybe it'll surprise me. I doubt it. But that's the big story to come out of today is I think we've seen – Tua's fate, I don't want to say sealed in Miami, but I think it took a, as big a knock as one could have, have taken. And this is a week where Dolphins fans, I hate to tell you, this is a week that, um, you know, the Chris Sims of the world, the Colin Cowherds, the Skip Bayless, they're going to be able to pump their chest and scream from the rooftops, and you got to sit there and take it because winners brag, losers got to take it. Right now, fans of the Dolphins – Took the L this week because uh, everyone has been bending over backwards with Tua, and he did not do anybody any favors with his performance today. Not the only reason they lost, but he's your quarterback. He's a big reason you lost. Big yeah. reason. Out of the names that you mentioned, um, I don't. I, I'll just cross Aaron Rodgers off the list right now. He's not coming to Miami. I think. He's, yeah, uh, I think he's going to stay. But it's yeah, he either stays in Green Bay or he heads to San Francisco. Is my opinion. Um, Russ. So Wilson, um, you know, he's at he's at the point of his career that you know is his best years, you know, behind him. I think so. I mean, he's having a good game today, but shit, it's the Lions. Um, I, I don't know what you could get out of him, Jimmy G. I, I, he's to me, he's Ryan Tannehill 2.0 with probably you know maybe a better arm. I don't know. Um, but, but there's yeah, 49ers, 49ers are moving on from him. There, you know, there are going to be quarterbacks in the market. It's potentially, you know, do you keep do you keep Tua and have him fight it out with a veteran? Maybe, you know, that could be a possibility. But one thing I will say is the teams, particularly a team like Houston, is going to know that Miami is going to be desperate just the way they were. Uh, nine weeks ago and the desperation is going to reek because there's not just Miami for Watson. Okay. I'm going to be blunt to everybody right now. Miami is not the only place Watson will play football. If, oh, he'll waive his no trade clause for like the saints and stuff. There's going to be other teams involved. He'll go to, he not, could go to New Orleans. He could go to Carolina. He could go uh, I don't to, Cleveland. to Carolina. He Cleveland could go to Cleveland. Know. You know, there there are other places to play football outside of South Florida. So but he's he, got the no trade, so he really does have the power. deal to get this guy. He does have the power, but it's not a done deal where he's going to go. He could go, hey, I'm going to go here instead now that, you know, what I've seen, what Miami's done. Um, he may decide that. Well, who knows? At this point, I, all I care about right now is getting through week 18 and then we can get through the offseason stuff once that once that last game happens. Yeah, and it's not all about Watson. I mean, he's obviously going to be the big name because he's going to be the easiest to obtain because, A, he clearly wants to come to Miami, and, B, Miami clearly wants him. So that's he's at the top of the list, and plus with the off-the-field issues, it makes it easier to obtain him. So that's going to be the top list. But there are other names out there, even someone like Mayfield who might be out the yeah. door in Cleveland. You know, just because you don't have massive success in one place don't mean you won't in somewhere else. And There are other names. The Issue the bigger issue is here. The Miami Dolphins in 2020 had three first round picks Noah Igbenogany, who he gives you nothing, Austin Jackson, who just gets worse by the week, and a quarterback who now seems to be close to out the door after two seasons. That's an issue. Now, the 2021 draft was outstanding. You can throw a parade, you can build it so far, so good. It's looking great. But the 2020 draft, even with Hunt, who you took to play right tackle, and you're already on plan B, and you're playing him at guard, not looking so good. So, um, But those guys, yeah. their jobs are on the line in 2022, and we're in 2022, and yeah. I think we're going to see stuff happen fast after next week. Obviously, you're not going to make a trade now because you can't. I mean, it no, can be announced. Can't. But I think you're going to see a lot of stuff happen fast in the first six or seven weeks of 2022. By the end of February, I think you're going to know 100% for sure who you're, who will be your quarterback 
of the Miami Dolphins yeah. the next year. I don't think they're going to let this linger. I think whatever they do, they're going to just seal this yeah. up and, and just put it to bed because they cannot. And you said have a veteran come in and compete. That would be the single worst thing they could do to split this locker room in any which way and have two factions, one on uh, on the side of the kid, Tua, one on some that he's either here or he's not. And if he's here, he starts. I don't think they can do that. I got, I have to, I have to post this comment and I will say this as nicely as I can. Cap space in the NFL is an aberration. The New Orleans Saints were 75 million over the cap space before this season even started. And they found a way to get through it. It's just kicking the money down the curb or down the road. It doesn't matter. Cap space means nothing in the NFL in the big picture. They could trade for a guy like Watson or Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy G or anybody else, and they can get him under the cap. I'll just they're going to enter the year with the most cap space, so it's, that's not an issue. They got cap for the space. Dolphins, yes, but the fact that it was New Orleans can't afford them is oh, BS. Of course they can. Oh they my can god, yes, they can. Oh my god, anybody can, uh, especially for a quarterback, for a franchise quarterback in his twenties, you'll cut five players to make it work. You don't mess around with quarterback because, as we've seen, quarterback is the most important position on the team. If you don't have that. You're spinning your wheels in the mud. You ain't going nowhere, folks. You need a franchise quarterback. You can't yep. win without one. You can't. Game managers don't win Super Bowls anymore. They don't. Say the 80s and 90s. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, we'll we'll see where this team is gonna head uh going into the offseason. Um, which you know, it's gonna start next week. Unfortunately, that's where we are again. It's Monday. Uh the team fall if team falls short. Black Monday is going to be, um, you know, a typical NFL day. But I think the Dolphins aren't going to see really much of anything out of Black Monday. They're going to, um, they're going to be riding with Brian guys. Flores. Um, you know, and depending and depending on how things play out with, um, uh, with their decision on what they want to do at quarterback, that's going to factor in and with the Gotsi and Studsville co-coordinator crap. Um, I, think I don't we're here think. With Gatsy. Well, you know what? He got the Georgia Tech it, offer for a lot of money, and it was a lot of money. The fact yeah. that he said no to that makes me think he got a vote of confidence. He's here for the long haul. I'd be, I'd be very. I don't want to say shocked because nothing shocks me with Brian Flores. I'd be very surprised if he was uh, not the offensive coordinator next year in some capacity. Yeah, you know, that could be a possibility, but, you know, you got to match it up with whatever you're going to be doing at quarterback. Yeah. So we'll uh, see. We'll see what where that takes us. Let's get into this game. It's going to be so much, so exciting to talk about. <laughs> All the big plays by my yeah, it, yeah, it, you know, the, the where, where this game really went, went south is that they, they, their run defense for some reason. Just went away today, because um, based based on Ryan Tannehill's statistics, he didn't he didn't beat you. Yeah, they they got torched on the ground um, in this game. So the Dolphins uh, took the ball, five plays, twenty five yards, punted the ball away. Drive started promising, a twenty yard pass to uh, Devontae Parker, and then after a Austin Jackson uh, penalty for ineligible downfield pass. Uh, after a 14-yard completion to Miles Gaskin, everyone take a shot because Austin Jackson screwed up another play. Um, but it was made up on first and 15. Uh, Duke Johnson ran for 16, um, and then the drive stalled out. Uh, the teams exchanged punts on three and outs uh, on four consecutive possessions until the Titans got an eight-play, 46-yard drive. And uh, the Titans were set up at the Miami 46 because on each of those three and outs by the Titans – kept pushing the Dolphins further and further back in their own territory. And because nothing was moving on the offensive side of the ball and bad punts from Michael Pilardi, which by the way, there will be a new punter in Miami next year. Uh, the Titans drive down the field, score a touchdown. Uh, they converted a fourth and one on this drive. And then on a first and goal from the one, a play action pass to Jeff Swaim from Ryan Tannehill puts the Titans up seven to nothing. And on the very next possession, uh, Tua was, um, he wasn't really sacked. It says it's sacked in the stat sheet, but he, the ball slipped right out of his hand on his uh, windup. 
uh, and it was recovered by the Titans, and the Dolphins held for a field goal. But going to that fumble, Mike, like you said, both teams had to play in that in the in those conditions, and uh, you know Tua just couldn't grip the football, and he lost it, and that was just a a gut wrenching uh, situation for the Dolphins as they were already down seven nothing. I know a team from Miami is never going to excel in sleet and rain and cold. I understand that. But we do play in the AFC East. Like I said, there are going to be opportunities to play big games late in the year in bad conditions. And plus, doesn't it rain in Miami like every 10 minutes? These guys don't practice in this stuff at some point. It's just it's baffling how a little bit of a wet ball can just blow things up. Now, look, I think I don't think that was a huge deal. I think they were going to play bad today, no matter if it was 85 and sunny or if it was that type of weather. But the fact that they couldn't handle a wet ball really is concerning because uh, you knew it was going to be this way all week. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, after the uh, field goal from the Titans, the Dolphins did match the field goal. 10 play, 54-yard drive, 4 minutes, 32 seconds off the clock. Uh, a very solid drive, but the drive, again, stalls out um, as a 3rd uh, and 10 uh, draw play to Duke Johnson set up the field goal. 39-yard kick from Jason Sanders. And on the ensuing drive for the Titans, they go 11 plays, 75 yards. Took six minutes, 25 seconds off the clock. And that ended in a 21-yard touchdown uh, run from Deonta Foreman. And the the ball game was almost out of reach at that point, 17-3. The Dolphins punted on their next possession. They got into Tennessee territory again. But after a um, offensive holding, uh, on third down, made it fourth, and they punted, and the Titans took a knee to bring us to halftime. Mike, we need some smiles and laughs. Let's go to halftime. And I'll get to the smiles means. and laughs. I'll get to the smiles and laughs. But before, I just want to go over the offensive possessions from Miami in the first half. Five, uh, five plays, 25 yards. Three plays, one yard. Three plays, one yard. Two plays, minus seven. And 10 plays, 54 Seven for 29. Outside of the 10 play for 54-yard drive, they did not have one drive go more than 29 yards. Um, that, that's embarrassing, and that's where this offense was today. Now, cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having um, clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsor, Manscaped, are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 with the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Everyone go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code DolphinsTalk. Get 20% off your order and free shipping. Everyone go to Manscaped. Use the promo code DolphinsTalk. Save 20%. Get free shipping. It's a new year, new me with the global leaders and below the waist grooming. This year... Take your package to the next level with the Performance Package 4.0 and the brand-new Ultra Premium Body Wash. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It come, also comes equipped with the 4000K LED Spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land that 2022 looks to be. Kick discomfort and poor hygiene to the curb curb this year and use the best tools for the job. Whether your resolution is to work out more or travel to new places, be sure to travel with Manscaped.com. Again, go to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code DolphinsTalk. You will get free shipping and save 20% on your order. It's a new year. No pubes in 2022 with our friends at... Manscaped. <coughs> also, gamblers, hope you made a little money this weekend. A lot of college football bowl games, a lot of NFL games. There's only one more regular season uh, week in the NFL. So if you're going to play some bets, everyone go to betus.com, promo code DolphinStock, get 125% sign-on bonus, 125% sign-on bonus. Betus.com has loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That's 800-MY-BETUS. You receive 125% sign-on bonus by using the by using the, the promo code Dolphins Talk. They have re-up and refill bonuses. Also, BetUS is known as America's favorite sports books for a lot of reasons. BetUS has all of your NBA, NHL, 
college football and NFL odds up. We got the national championship game in a week. We got a lot of big games in the NFL coming up here next week. On Monday night, you got Pittsburgh versus the Browns. And bet you can bet all these games at BetUS. So everyone go to BetUS. You bet, you win, you'll get paid. Well, the game 17 to 3 uh coming out of the half, the, the Titans uh punt on their first possession, and the Dolphins have a nice drive, 10 plays, 63 yards that uh unfortunately ended in a 53-yard field goal from Jason Sanders that hit the crossbar. Um when it rains, it pours, and that is a pun because it was it was bad weather. But Jason Sanders, um, a lot of his misses this year have been <laughs> not good, but a lot of them has also been beyond 50 yards uh, where he was absolute money with those kicks last year. So I'm not sure what the hell happened there, um, but very frustrating. Third down, Tua takes a sack. Uh, at the Tennessee 27 that pushed that field goal to uh, a 53 yarder and it was missed Uh, after a Titans punt. The Dolphins get the ball back again at their own seven yard line, drive down to uh, the Titans 27 and can't convert on fourth down. Those were the two game ending drives right there before the Titans just completely opened the floodgates. One, you know, a missed field goal Two cannot convert on third and fourth down on those possessions and cannot get points. If you get points on those drives, we're, we're having a completely different conversation in this game. They didn't. The Titans took advantage of it. They get a five-play, 58-yard touchdown uh, drive. Anthony Fersker wide open uh, where I God knows who was supposed to be in coverage on that play. The Dolphins uh, have a seven-play drive. They turn it over on downs. Titans kick a field goal. Um, Tua on the next possession throws an interception uh, intended for Mike Kosicki and then a 39-yard touchdown run from Dontreld Hilliard. And then, thankfully, the football gods ended this god-awful game uh, and the Titans win 34-3. Yeah, and there was a quote here I want to say from A.J. Brown of the Titans. This was reported by Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network. A.J. Brown said he didn't hear Ryan Tannehill say anything this week about playing his old team, the Miami Dolphins, until the final drive. Brown said with a smirk, he made it clear he wanted to put it on them. So Tannehill got his little bit of revenge there in this game. The old team that traded him away, you know, after seven years. I mean, they traded not like they threw him to the curb, yeah. um, like they're about to do with their curb. They gave him every they, opportunity to succeed. They gave him every opportunity to, to succeed. And But, you know, once again, you used to work for one company. They don't want you anymore. If you get a chance to stick it to him, you're going to stick it to him. He's he's a human being. He has natural human being emotions and feelings, and he was happy to stick it to the Dolphins at the end of the game and pour it on. So I get it. I get it. It's not, you know, it's normal. It's normal. But uh, Tannehill had, uh, he got the last laugh today over his old team. So uh, kudos to him. And they are the one seed in the AFC. If they win next week, and I think yeah. they play like Houston or something. Um, they're going to be the one seed in the AFC, and the yeah. road to the Super Bowl goes through Nashville. So kudos to them. Yep, that was a uh, that was a monumental win for the Titans, and a monumental <laughs> loss for the Miami Dolphins. Team stats: Titans had 17 first downs, Dolphins had 16. Titans were seven for 15 on third down, and where the Dolphins were very good defensively on third downs for the set for, during the seven game winning streak, completely unfolded today. And the Dolphins were pretty good on third down on offense during the seven-game winning streak. They were three for 12. You can't have a 25% conversion rate, especially in a big game. Dolphins were one for three on fourth down. Titans were one for one. Both teams ran 59 plays. Titans had 308 yards of offense. Dolphins with 256. 5.2 yards per play for Tennessee. 4.3 for the Dolphins. For quarterback play, Tua was 18 of 38 for 205 yards, a 5.4 average, much lower production uh, and and average from him uh, over the course, again, of this winning streak. This was his absolute lowest uh, average, and he had an interception. He was sacked four times for 23 yards and had a QBR of eight and a quarterback rating of 53.1. Worst performance of the season 
from Tua Tungavailoa uh, in this game for the Tennessee Titans and former quarterback of the Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill, 13 of 18, 120 yards, 6.7 per attempt, two touchdowns, had 127.1 rating. He was only sacked once. Rushing was the story of the game. Titans ran the ball 40 times. 40 times for 198 yards, averaging five yards a carry. And this is the stat that really bothers me because they did have success running the football. They only ran it 16 times, averaged 4.6 yards a carry, only had 74 yards. And the running game was working fine early in the game. They got away from it. Uh, The Dolphins did not make the red zone in this game. That's on the quarterback. Uh, Titans were two for three in the red zone. Penalties six for 70 for Tennessee, five for 55 for Miami. Time of possession, 33-12 for the Titans, 26.48 for the Dolphins. We're not even going to give out a game ball because no one deserves it. No one deserves it. I mean, you can't give it to nobody on offense. So that just takes out half the team. You can't give it to the punter. You can't give it to the kicker. So maybe you want to give it to like the long snapper. I don't know. I mean, who else are you going to give it to? You can't give it to anybody on defense. They gave up 198 yards rushing to the Titans yep. who didn't have Henry. I, I, who are you going to give it to? Howard yep. had a penalty against him. Nick Needham wasn't great today. I mean, there's nobody on this team you can give it to. You can't give it to anybody on the coaching staff. <laughs> Literally, you cannot justify outside of Blake Ferguson you know what? I'm going to give it yeah. to Blake Ferguson. Why not? We never give go. it to long snappers. Blake <laughs> Ferguson, you get the game ball because I literally can't find anyone else who's on the Miami Dolphins team playing right now who deserves it. Um, nope. It's just it was in the biggest game of the year, they didn't show up. They and all I know they had bad losses this year. They had bad losses against Jacksonville, bad losses against Atlanta, and they didn't show up. You know, well, week two against the Bills, they lost their – quarterback early not sure if it would have mattered honestly but okay uh, they have bad losses early this year this was as from start they were never competitive in the game at any point they were the game was never in doubt there was never a threat that miami would even score they played eight quarters this week against if you count the saints game on a monday and others came on a sunday in seven calendar days they played eight quarters the offense did virtually nothing in the entire time. Virtually nothing. Nick Needham ran back a touchdown. Otherwise, they got one offensive touchdown versus the Saints. That's it. One offensive t- That's it. They did virtually nothing for eight quarters this week with the two biggest games of the year. And the only reason they beat the Saints because of Ian Book. I mean, if they would have had Taysom Hill, I'm not even sure they win that game, honestly. Um, the offense just needs to – just needs a spark. It needs life. Yes, it needs – of course needs a better offensive line. Of course needs more playmakers and wide receiver. Of course it needs a franchise running back. But the running game, like you said, wasn't the issue today. Duke Johnson averaged seven yards a carry. They were running the ball fine, okay? It's just the offense has nothing. And when your offense at times ain't going to be perfect, you need your quarterback to make plays around them better and lift them up or at least keep them in games competitive in games and we don't have that and that's the issue and i think a lot of fans up until today were in denial of this and i think today a lot more fans had their eyes open to this fact there's still going to be the crazy two and on people who you know if he farts it smells like roses and and everything he does is great you're never going to change their mind but the rational normal people who can just look at a football game and say i'm a fan of this team here's the good here's the bad and just be honest about everything the normal yeah. fans with you know normal rationale, they can be honest with what they're seeing and they can see what the bigger problem yeah. is here with this team moving forward. We'll see how it's addressed in the offseason. If they have the most money and they got picks to trade. Now, not, not all the picks are in this year's draft, both of them in 2023, but they got picks to trade. And I know fans don't like to trade picks, but they're at a crossroads right now as an organization. You cannot keep just coming up short of the playoffs every year. At some point, you got to make the big moves and go for it. You just yep. do. Because we're going to be here forever of just maybe we'll get to seventh. Even if you got to seventh, you get blown out first round. I mean, at a certain point, you got to make the big moves to go for it. You got to sign a couple big players. And I think fans are so scarred after the signings of like Sue, where they gave out huge money and like 
Ellerby and Mike Wallace, that moves that didn't really work out, just because you miss doesn't mean you stop trying. You can't give out those contracts all the time. But I think this offseason, if they want to make a big move and trade a bunch of picks for a franchise quarterback, if they want to make a big move and go out there and break the bank for a running back or a wide receiver, I don't think any fans are going to be upset with that. Or honestly, they need to break the bank for like a left tackle or, or like a right tackle or both. Yeah. That's where they need to break the bank or like a big-time center. Um, not all of them because you can't do that. But just one or two of those spots, I think fans would be okay with one or two big, quote-unquote, splash signings. And if they want to trade a whole bunch of these picks away for a quarterback who might be able to win you the AFC East, who might be able to win you the Super Bowl, I think fans are on board because this feeling today of out of the playoffs again came close. Oh, darn. It's just getting old. And then fans of the Dolphins, like the le- December 31st, a couple days ago, was like the 21st anniversary of the Dolphins' last playoff win. If you have a son or daughter who's not even old enough to drink, They've never seen the Dolphins win a playoff game. At what point do you just go for it? Well, the time is now because obvious whiffs uh, in the draft, um, you know, you could look at uh, 2020 is is really visible right now. You know, again, Austin Jackson, he's a bust. Noeg Benagany has been a bust since he was drafted and didn't even play much this season. Um you know, the, the jury is, you know, I believe the jury is still out on Tua. I think the team has probably made their decision at this point. I think he still could be a successful quarterback, but unfortunately it may not be in Miami, which frustrates me because, you know, I, I've got stuff that has some value to it. And now the guy's not even going to be here. So um, they have to make a move. And if they do make a move and they do trade those draft picks away, you better be rest assured that they are going to be, moving all they can in free agency to fill the gaps because you're not going to be filling the gaps in the draft when you're trading away all your high picks. Um, yeah, they will so, be active in uh, early March. Promise you. Last year, I understood they won 10 games, and they probably felt like they didn't need to make a, like a whole bunch of moves. And I, I understand that. When you win 10 games, you want to build off that. We, they didn't need to go out there and sign a bunch of guys. They signed literally nobody. Will Fuller was the only move they made, which was just been an absolute – horrible signing but they didn't do enough like they put too much faith in guys like hunt and in austin jackson and in their linebackers core they they needed you know a guy here a guy there all they did was run off guys they ran off everyone they even traded Shaq lawson for mckinney then they ran off mckinney before the season started they just ran off a bunch of guys and just yep. depended on so much use that yeah it didn't work and next year's schedule I know it's tough to say year to year. You got the AFC North, which all those teams are good. Even if Pittsburgh takes a small step back because they're going to have to replace their quarterback, all those teams are good. So they have no easy games. And then I think they got the NFC North as well. Um, again, I mean, you got teams like the Packers and the Vikings and the Bears you know, are halfway decent on one side of the ball. It is going to be um, no easy schedule again next. It's going to be a – it'll be a much more challenging schedule next year than it yep. ended up being this year with, you know, the Jets and Giants just being absolutely horrible. Houston just yep. being dreadful. Um, it's going to be a much more challenging schedule next year, just from teams that maybe they're not great, but they're going to be far more competitive than some of the teams we saw this year. Yeah. So um, I will say, you know, based on last year's offseason moves, a lot of the guys they targeted were, were tagged. <laughs> Uh, you know, they were going, they were going to go after Brandon Schreff. He was tagged. They were going to go after uh, Joe Thune. He was tagged. Uh, there was a lot of guys that they wanted to get and they couldn't get them because they didn't hit the open market. So they have to be smart and calculated with what they decide to do. You know, you got to have a plan B. I mean, somebody wants that. You have have to, plan yes. B. Yes. You, they also have, you also have to remember if you, if they do go out and decide to make a move for a quarterback, that's going to eat up a lot of that cap space that is available. So you need to be clear in what you want to do. If they keep the course and two is the guy next year, they have a ton of cap space to get through. If they decide not to and trade for, uh, for another quarterback, two things could happen. Number one, the contract stays the same, which in most trades doesn't happen. Uh, but if they do make a move for a quarterback in a trade and the guy has a contract there in front of them, 
they are going to re restructure the contract and kick some of that money down the road uh, to keep that cap space as, as fluid as possible. Because if you bring in the guy from Houston, half your cap space is going away. It is what it is, but you got to be very smart in your decision-making when it comes to addressing the needs. And the biggest thing, and Mike, you and I have talked about it consistently, bring in veteran offensive linemen, please. They need veteran offensive players. They First off, they need more veterans, period. They don't have enough veterans. And I know that's like a broken record because I talk about this all the time. You cannot win with just so much youth. Every year it's like starting from scratch. You have to get guys up to speed to the NFL game, this, that, and the other. They just need more veterans. And that's number one. But uh, on offense especially because on the other side of the ball, youth, you need some experience, but you can have youth and speed to chase guys because the rules – are all slanted towards the offense. So on the other side of the ball, if you got youth and guys who can literally chase down the ball, you can sort of get by. I mean, you need some veteranship, but on offense, they just need a veteran offensive line. They need a real tackle. Let's start with there. Liam Meikenberg, he's been up and down this year, more down than up, but I give him a free pass because they screwed him up way back in the offseason. Yep. You know, uh, you know, right tackle, left tackle, guard. Just pick a freaking spot and let the kid sit there. At left tackle, he hasn't been great. If that's where they want him, though, just leave him there. Just pick a spot. I don't even care what the spot is at this point. But they need at least one offensive tackle to sign. And then if you want to go with Leo Meikenberg at the other side, you hope he improves in time. Guard, Hunt's probably going nowhere. So that leaves you with center and one guard spot. Go buy one. Um, I don't want to use another pick and run one on an offensive lineman if we even have picks around one. Right. Um, just because we clearly can't draft offensive linemen at some point, you got to know what your weaknesses are. So, but the other big story of this off season is this, you want to talk about salary cap space. Xavier Howard was promised that by like the first week of March, he will be traded or he will have a new deal and the new deal he wants. And he has earned it this year by his outstanding play yep. will, will be, he 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 gonna want to get paid like a quarterback, the highest number one paid corner in the league, which is probably close to twenty million or more. That's quarterback money. Now, if you're the Dolphins, you really can't move on from Jones yet because his deal makes that prohibitive. Um, it makes it tricky. I don't know what you do because you know he ain't gonna give you a hometown discount. He you know he's he said in his Instagram post when he said I want out of here, he's not happy here. He felt not respected, so he ain't giving you no hometown discount. That's number one. Number So you're going to have to either break the bank and give Howard a raise, which he's probably earned, just being fair, or you're going to move on from him, which if you move on from him, you create another hole that you have to fill. Yeah. Uh, but you do open up more salary cap space, too. It's a uh, Howard quarterback, the two biggest moves, the two biggest issues yeah. facing the Miami Dolphins starting – Monday, January 10th. That's when Chris Greer goes to work. Howard, quarterback, the two things that have to be solved. You have to make a clear decision on both. This can't linger like – both of them can't linger like it did this past year with Howard getting to like late August, first week of September, saying, I want to be traded. And he was promised verbally. That was reported everywhere. Yeah, Late February, first week of March, you will have an answer. We will either so, trade you or, or or we'll pay you. So that will happen quick. The quarterback one, they better not that they better not let that linger again because that will just crush this organization. So uh, you you mentioned the Byron Jones contract. I pulled that up just for everybody to know. If he's released prior to six one, um, the dead cap is twelve point three. The team will save four point one. If they designate him for a post. 6-1 release. The dead cap moves to 8-1, 8.1 for 2022, 4.2 for 2023, and they would save $8.375 million on the books. I'd be shocked if they moved him. He's here next year. That's a Maybe. lot of money. Maybe, That's a but lot of money. You know, the way the way that they this thing is with Xavier Howard, this defense is predicated on guys that can play man up. Do they believe Nick Needham can do it? Because that's the guy. That's the guy if you move on from Howard. Is Nick Needham the guy? Yeah, I, I don't know. 
I like Nick Needham at the nickel. I think he's very good there. I think he's yeah, solid oh yeah. there. Uh, and you can't trust you can't trust Noah. So that means if you move on from Jones or Howard, you have to replace one of them with a starter. Yeah. Not just a guy. You can't go out there and sign, you know, a Justin Coleman type. You've got to sign a legit starter. So that's going to cost you money. Yeah. So if I'm going to pay whether $4 million of dead money or $8 million of dead money, however they want to do it, to yeah. lose Jones, you factor that into the new guy's salary because he, he ain't going to play for free. So right. you can factor that to all that money that's, that's there on top of whatever you're paying the new guy, and that's really your one salary you're paying to replace yeah. a guy, which yeah. makes me think it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Why would I know? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm saying – I think Jones is here 100, yeah. percent and Howard will find out because I don't. I mean, if, I don't know if if they are making a move for a quarterback and you're not going to pay Xavier Howard, that's a that's a hell of a trade chip that's going to save some of your draft picks. I'm just well, that's true too. Out there. If you're uh, that's if because some of the quarterbacks might be cut or let go, so you might be able to sign them without having to part with anything. Yep. Um, there's that aspect, but again, those are going to be the guys. That, you're not going to be in love with those guys. But if they make, let's just call it what it is. If, if they make the move for Watson, they're going to have to part with a lot of picks. Trading Howard lets you recoup picks. Yeah. That so if that, if if Houston doesn't want him, if Houston well, wants him, that's at least going to shore up. Yeah. A first either or way, maybe a third. Either way, it's fine because if you trade him to Houston, that means you give up less picks. If you trade him to wherever, like the Ravens, you'll get picks from them, and you just offset what you lost. Either way, it's fine. Um, but those. And look, we have all offseason talk about this. Nobody wants to lose Howard. I understand. I don't want to lose him either, yeah. but I, I also don't want him eating up like half our, you know, like a third of our salary cap either. I like the guy, right. but you got to be realistic. You want to build a winner. You can't have a cornerback making that much money, especially when we have so much money tied up in that, in that, in that cornerback spot already with him and Jones. There yep. does come a point where it just becomes unrealistic. But the Howard story and the quarterback story, if have to be settled, I think by the first week of March, and then you move into free agency, knowing what you need and what you have to do, because you're going to know what your yeah. draft pick status is here. Yeah, and you know, I will, I will say this. You know, you mentioned beginning of March. Two things are going to happen at the beginning by beginning of March. We know the quarterback situation might be figured out because we know there's so much crap that comes out of the combine, and you have an idea where the teams are going to move. But if they also decide that, but if they if they come out the beginning of the brand new league year, and Byron Jones is not a member of the Miami Dolphins, Xavier Howard staying. So we could put that to bed if that happens. If Byron Jones is still here, then I believe that there's a strong possibility they move on from Howard, or they bump Howard's pay up and they keep them both. Well, I, I, I think Howard I prefer not to off. lose. I prefer yeah. not to lose. Arguably, the one of the best corners in football. Uh, a guy, a guy that, a guy that they drafted, and a guy that they developed. Yep, they got to keep those guys. We got to keep those guys. And and in this defense, man corners are the way to, is the way that this thing works. And you have two good ones right now, and an elite one yeah. on one side, and a pretty damn good one on the other side. So it's I don't want to lose either. I, I don't want to lose either of them, but I want them here. You got you got to play the cat. You got to play the idea of what you're going to do again at the quarterback position. If you continue to go with the guy you have, you're going to have seventy five to ninety million dollars in cap space once you start moving some money around. They could also, and I'll throw this out there, they could also go to Byron Jones and reconvert some of his money in a. Uh, restructure of his contract to be able to pay Xavier Howard. There's a lot of moving pieces that could happen. And unfortunately we've got two and a half months before we figure all this out. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think, and we'll just close on this because I know we said this a couple of times. I just think prior to free agency, you need the quarterback spot settled Yes, because if you cannot go into free agency not knowing if he's your guy, Tua, because yep. then, okay, we're going to have all these picks and all this money to spend, or we're going to wait to the draft, which is late April, and we're going to make a trade for, like, Mayfield. We're going to make a trade for, like, oh, God, please, no Because Mayfield. then you just wasted your time in free agency. 
maybe not signing guys because you are because you had the thought we will fill that spot in the draft, and now you're going to part with picks in the draft. It, you can't do both. You need no. to settle the quarterback thing prior to the start of the new league year, which is like the second week of mm-hmm. March. Prior to the second week of March, which is like eight weeks away. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> um, prior to the second week of March, well, a little bit more, Nate, but not much. Um, you have to know if you're going to ride it out here with Tua, which I don't think they will, or if we're going in any other direction. You might not need to know the answer, or if it's going to be Watson or Mayfield or Rodgers or Will. You might not need to know that part. You just need to know we're going somewhere else, and that might cost us picks. So yeah. we better be active in free agency to fill holes. That's what you yeah. need to know and make that internal decision. You have to share it with the world. Yeah. Internally, you have to make it, and you have to stick with it because it's going to be a, it's going to be a busy offseason for the Dolphins because now you have a head coach and general manager who are on the hot seat, folks. I know even if they win next week, you go, they won 10 games, they won nine games. You don't make the playoffs, you're on the hot seat in this league. Yeah. Period. End of story. It's this... a results-oriented league, and the results yeah. aren't good enough. Yeah. I will I will say this is probably the weirdest I've seen a uh, a playoff seeding right now just based on the records of the teams. How I mean, usually you go into the final week with, you know, the 6, 7, 8 seed all at, you know, two games ahead of the teams below you. Kind of the way the NFC looks, but the AFC is is an absolute train wreck this year with the amount of teams that are like this. Um, it sucks that we are here talking about this. It sucks that the Dolphins aren't making the playoffs after clawing their way back to a respectable record of eight and seven, now eight and eight. Um, it sucks, but this is what we do. This is where we, this is what we're going to be talking about going forward. Hopefully next week they get that dub against new England because I hate the Patriots and I, I hope that, Brian Flores sticks it to Bill Belichick once again, and Tua gets a uh, a win to send him off uh, to the offseason and to God knows potentially where else. I, I Again, I personally hope that he's the guy here in Miami long term. I'm not the guy that makes that decision. Um, we just hope for the best. We just hope for the best as fans of the team, and hopefully the front office makes the right decisions and moves uh, to propel this team to where – we want them to be for the last two years, and that is the postseason. Um, there's high expectations coming into the year. We expected, you know, from our staff here at DolphinsTalk.com, we had this team 10 to 12 wins this year. But it's all falling short. They fell short of all expectations from us, from the national media, from top to bottom. Um, just terrible. Um, if but, you know, the loss. To Urban Meyer in Jacksonville is in the, London yep. was crushing. Yep. The safety call when that worst play in NFL history against the Raiders where they threw a screen pass to Waddle in their own end zone was crushing. Yep. The Atlanta game, which I know everyone likes to blame on a defense. I don't. I put that in a quarterback. He threw two brutal interceptions that just gave Atlanta free points, which whatever. The Atlanta game at home, the – Jacksonville game, Urban Meyer has two wins in his whole career. That was one of them. There's that one. And then the Raiders game, where as bad as they kind of played in that Raiders game, if not for that dumb safety, they might win that game. Um, That is your season. Because if they – even if they just beat Jacksonville, forget the other two play. If they beat Jacksonville, which they should have, this game today, yeah, it sucks, but you're alive next week. Yep. Because right now the AFC is six – Playoff spots filled. You got the Bills and Patriots are in. The Chiefs are in. You got Cincinnati in. You got the Titans in. One, two, three, four, five. I think someone else is in too. I'm much, I think the Chargers are in. I'm not sure. Um, I thought six were filled. One, two, three, six are in. Four, five. Who's the sixth? Got to be Chargers or Colts. I'm not sure. Either way, the Colts are the Colts are in the spot right now, but they're not a uh, they're not a lock. I don't think to get in, but the okay, Patriots so, are in. So there's yeah. So it's, here's the it, thing with the Patriots Bills. They're it's going to be a weird game next week. Here's why: they will put those games out at the same time, either at at one or four. If the Patriots are watching the scoreboard and they see that the Bills have a healthy lead versus the Jets, you will see 
the Patriots in the middle of a game, in the middle of a series, pull every starter and put a bunch of backups because they know they're going to have a game in a short week or in a week. So, well, they're both because if they know they can't pass the Bills yeah. to win the AFC East um, and have a home game in the playoffs, it don't matter if they win or lose versus Miami. So it could be the second quarter. If the Bills are up 28 zip versus the Jets, you're going to see the Bills be like, okay, Mac Jones, you're out. You're out. This guy's out. They're going to pull everyone from the game. And you're going to be like, what's going on? Because they know they are locked into a wild card spot. So if they win or lose, it doesn't matter. So that's going to be interesting to watch in that game next week. Um, I honestly think, um, yeah, I mean, right now you got the Titans as a one. You got the, So you're going to have the Chiefs, Bengals, and uh, probably the Bills. I don't see them losing the home to the Jets. Hosting uh, playoff games. And you're going to have Herbert on the road in the playoff game. You might uh, you're gonna have, Taylor going to have Mac Jones on the road in the playoff game, and probably Jonathan Taylor on the road in the playoff. So those are, I, I think the Ravens are done. I think the Browns are done. I think Pittsburgh's done. So you're, I think your Sunday night football game, it's not announced yet, but I'll tell you flat out, it's the Chargers and the Raiders. Raiders. Will be the Sunday yeah, night game. that's going to be Raiders Chargers because um, that's a winner go home for both both exactly. Teams. And if it's the Raiders. You know the NFL wants the Raiders right now with all the John Madden stuff. They they would love, love. And plus, they're in Vegas. It's new. It's a new yep. city for them. I mean, new like when the past year or so. They would love to have the Raiders in the playoffs this year. So that will be your primetime game probably next week. I mean, almost hundred yep. percent. But uh, yeah, another disappointing season. Yep. Now we, <laughs> you look at it now. I know there's a game next week, but who cares? Week seventeen last year versus the Bills was brutal. This game, they didn't give up over 50, but it was just as brutal of a loss because it was non-competitive. Um, and a lot of big decisions this offseason, which we'll have you covered here at DolphinsTalk.com. Everyone, just yep. be sure to go to the website, DolphinsTalk.com, for all latest Miami Dolphins news and rumors and information. Be sure to follow Tom on Twitter at DolphinsTalkTom. Follow myself at DolphinsTalk. We will have podcasts all week. Probably won't be allowed to talk about the Titans game, more about the Miami Dolphins organization moving forward. As there's a lot to talk about there. Um, we'll have it covered there. Uh, I was going to do an Instagram halftime show, but the game was so out of reach, I didn't even feel like even popping on. So um, be sure to follow on Instagram at Dolphins Talk there as well. Yeah. I will say that uh, after next week's game, after we talk about that game, the following week is one of my favorite shows of the, of the young year uh, because we do these uh, after the – uh, calendar year turns mike oliva and myself will be doing the end of the year award show for the dolphinstalk.com website uh, where we'll, we're going to be giving out awards to uh you know the the good and the bad i wouldn't even say the ugly but we are going to be handing out awards um in our opinion on who deserves them um it's a fun little show so you guys make sure you stay tuned um, we're going to have shows when we have news and then, uh, we're going to be full steam ahead again. Once we get to the combine, because news about this franchise is going to be, flying. it's going to be so much. And I, I thank all of you guys for sticking with us, uh, and going to the website and obviously listening and watching our uh, weekly shows. Yes. So everyone have a great evening. If you're listening on Monday, everyone have a great Monday. And we'll talk to you again after a while. And let's remember, folks, let's put an end to highway profanity.